You're listening to the Tapis Paranormal Talking Point Podcast, a show that discusses various aspects of the paranormal world, with paranormal news, ghost stories, interviews, and much more. And without further ado, let's get into some talking points. Hi guys, Scott here from Tapis Paranormal, and welcome back to the Tapis Paranormal Talking Point Podcast. So today it's the Halloween special, and today we're going to be looking at the history of nine Halloween creatures. So without further ado, let's start off with number one, the ghost. So I'm sure all of you listening know what a ghost is. The spirit of a dead creature that is said to appear to the living, either intelligently or residually. I'm going to talk about a famous example of each creature that I go over in this podcast. And for the ghost, I'm going to talk about the ghost of Anne Boleyn in Blickling Hall, Norfolk. Anne Boleyn was the second wife of Henry VIII and was famously beheaded after failing to provide him with a son. Nowadays, her headless ghost is said to return to the Boleyn family home each year on the 19th of May, the anniversary of her execution. This ghost rides up to the house in a coach drawn by a headless horseman while holding her own head in her lap. The coach then disappears when she arrives. It's said that when news of Anne's death reached Blickling Hall, four headless horses were seen dragging the body of a headless man across Norfolk. And finally, her father, Sir Thomas, is also said to haunt the location, cursed for not preventing two of his children being executed by Henry VIII each year attempting to cross 12 bridges in the area. So next up we're going to move on to mermaids. Now, a mermaid is a half-human, half-fish creature that can be found in many cultures throughout history. Said to have the head and upper body of a female human and the tail of a fish, mermaids are also said in some tales to be linked to sirens and sing seductive songs to lure sailors and fishermen to their death and in other stories, they can take on the full form of a human to walk on land. The Italian explorer Christopher Columbus was certain he saw a mermaid during his exploration of the Caribbean, which he reported as being not half as beautiful as they are painted, although many suspect that the creature that he saw was in fact a manatee or a sea cow. Moving on again, we're going to talk about vampires. Now, when you think of vampires, the fictional Count Dracula or the Cullen family may be the first things that come to your mind, though vampires have a very real-world presence. Found throughout most cultures, the tale of undead creatures that feed on the living, usually through their blood, is something that sends a chill down the spines of those who hear it. The common horror depiction of vampires comes from Bram Stoker's Dracula, and features a pale complexion, a gaunt appearance, and sharp fangs. In lore, vampires are said to be able to transform into bats and hypnotise their victims. They're also unable to be seen in mirrors, cast no shadows, and are vulnerable to sunlight and garlic. In some tellings, vampires have a slightly different appearance, appearing more bloated and more like a corpse. For a real-world sighting of a vampire, I'm going to talk about the Vampire of Highgate Cemetery. According to the Highgate Vampire Society, sightings started in the 60s when a tall figure with red eyes was seen repeatedly throughout the cemetery. One strange sighting came in the 70s when a young girl was passing through the cemetery and was attacked by a shadowy figure who threw her to the ground. This figure disappeared when a car pulled up and the girl was taken to the police station to give a statement which matched the description and stories of those given before. It's also said that this creature is still actively sighted to this day 
day and is now known as the Highgate Vampire. Sticking with vampiric entities, we're moving on to the Americas and we're taking a look at the Chupacabra, which literally translates to goat sucker in Spanish. A creature first sighted in the 70s, the Chupacabra is said to be a dog-like creature which attacks and drinks the blood of livestock, including goats. Its physical depiction varies, with some describing it as more of a dog-like creature, while others describe more of an alien or reptilian-like figure. Others report the creature to be the size of a small bear, with a row of spines down its back. Since the 1970s, sightings have been reported across the Americas, ranging from Puerto Rico, Chile, Mexico and the United States. Some supposed chupacabras have also been confirmed as being wild dogs with mange, and it could be the case that all these sightings are this. Others, however, speculate that these are the results of experiments that escape into the wild. Now, real-world sightings of the chupacabra are mainly anecdotal or are quite bland stories and are all very similar, but I can't find any specifically detailed cases to talk about. They're mainly said to break into farms and kill livestock, biting its neck and draining the livestock of all of its blood. Moving on again, we're going to talk about the Headless Horseman. The Headless Horseman is a mythical feature depicted as a man on horseback missing his head. Now, there are many sightings of the entity throughout legend, ranging from the Irish Dullahan, a demonic fairy depicted on horseback with his head under his arm, the knight from English tale Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, as well as in the American story The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Tales of Headless Horsemen, however, aren't just fictional and can be dated back to the Middle Ages and exist across the globe as you can see in the earlier tale of Anne Boleyn and her headless coach driver. For a real-world sighting, I'm not going to use the Anne Boleyn one, I'm going to talk about Roos Hall in Suffolk, where every year on Christmas Eve, a headless horseman makes an appearance. As darkness falls, the headless horseman's carriage is seen being pulled down the driveway towards the house by its two headless horses, and upon arrival it disappears. There are, however, a lot more headless horseman sightings than this, and I may talk about more in the future. Moving on again, we're going to talk about the Banshee. The Banshee is a female spirit that originates in Irish folklore. A herald of death, the Banshee's wailing and shrieking are said to signal the death of a family member of those who hear her. Physically, she's usually described as having long streaming hair and a grey cloak, which is worn over a green dress, as well as bloodshot red eyes from her constant crying. The cry of this spirit is said to be one of the most horrifying sounds on earth, and means certain death on a member of the family who hears her. Similar creatures are also known in other cultures, such as the Scottish Bean Nye and the Welsh Kyreath. The banshee I'm going to talk about is the Brandywell Banshee. When looking after his ill father, a young man heard a terrible screeching sound from his backyard. When he went to look for the source, he found nothing and the sound stopped. The noise then started again, this time from the front of the house. When they reached the front door, it stopped again. When turning around, the man saw a spectral image of his father walking through the house. This image reached his father's bedside as the man followed, and just as they arrived, his father passed away. His grandmother, who was there at the time, put her arms around him and whispered quietly, You heard the banshee, didn't you? Witches are a common element of Halloween, from the horror movies we watch to the fancy dress we wear. But in the real world, witches were perceived as evil beings by the early Christians in Europe. Depicted in various forms throughout history, witches have gone from evil wart-nosed women over cauldrons, cackling beings on broomsticks with pointy hats, and even more recently as awkward teenagers. Early witches were thought to be pagans doing the devil's work, though many were simply healers or wise women that were misunderstood. One of the earliest reported witches is in the book of Samuel in the Bible, which tells of King Saul seeking a witch to summon a spirit. Unfortunately, witches are also tied with one of mankind's worst periods, the witch hunts. These witches were hunted down and executed through various means, including hanging, drowning, and burning. Single women 
nominal widows were even more likely to be targeted, with over 80,000 witches being put to death in Europe between 1500 and 1660. When the witch hysteria began to decrease in Europe, it instead took off in America, specifically with the Salem witch trials of Salem, Massachusetts, where roughly 150 people were put to death. Witches are a strange one, as some of the methods used to determine if someone was a witch are particularly rough, for example drowning them, and if they survive, they're a witch and they will be put to death, and if they don't, they were innocent and have drowned to death. Witches are a strange phenomenon, and they exist in society through many levels. Witches are real, but to different extents. The levels of their abilities differ from folklore. Witches are often in real life herbalists and create natural remedies, and also use a variety of different methods of supposed witchcraft, which differ from those commonly depicted in folklore. They don't have powers that necessarily they claim they do in folklore. We're moving on again to werewolves. Werewolves, or lycanthropes as they are also known, are humans with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, either on purpose or after being cursed or afflicted. Often, these transformations take place on the night of a full moon. Werewolves can be found throughout European culture, with a number of variants. Like witches, werewolves were a key part of the witch hunts, with the trial of werewolves being used as a small part of this period, with the belief that werewolves were either caused by, or in some cases were witches themselves. The famous case of a werewolf that I'm going to talk about is that of Peter Stump, the werewolf of Bedburg. Stumpf was a German farmer accused of werewolfery, the act of transforming into a wolf, thanks to a magical belt was given to him by the devil. While in wolf form, Stump is said to have eaten numerous animals as well as killing his own son whose brain he is said to have eaten. He's also said to have killed a lot more people during his time as a wolf over a fairly long period. He's also said to have had an incestuous relationship with his daughter, and you can find out more information on this particular case on Doody Rhino's video on the subject over on his YouTube channel, which you can find in the description of the YouTube version of this podcast. Finally, we're going to talk about demons. Demons are a supernatural natural being that are quite well known and are also quite scary. Typically they're associated with evil as well as with religion. For this I'm mainly going to talk about Christian demonology as it's the type of demonology that I'm most familiar with. In Christianity a demon's considered a fallen angel and they're servants of Satan. In other religions and cultures demons are not necessarily good or evil and it's important to keep in mind when considering demonic possessions. Again in Christian culture a demon's a harmful spiritual entity that may cause demonic possession striving for corruption. Demons are an interesting topic and I'm definitely going to do a podcast on demons in the future and I'll talk a lot more about them then, but for a real world demon I'm going to talk about the Ancient Ram Inn, a place that I've previously covered briefly for last year's advent calendar. The Ancient Ram Inn, which was owned by John Humphreys up until his death in 2017 and is now owned by his daughter, is said to house Incubus and Succubus. These demons reportedly haunt the room in which John slept and on several occasions had sexual interactions with him against his will. In demonic law, an incubus is a male demonic entity that engages in sexual activity with women while in the form of a man, and the succubus is a female demonic entity that engages with men while in the form of a woman. So that brings us to the end of the history of nine Halloween creatures. So now we're going to move on to the Tepper's Paranormal Talking Point podcast news review where I'll go over a few news stories from the last few weeks. As you know, I do a lot of paranormal investigation, and when I do, I like to be comfortable which is why I wear clothing from allegedlypossiblymaybe.co.uk. With a wide range of high-quality clothing available for low prices, I strongly recommend checking out their website and buying some clothes. If you enjoy quality clothing, visit allegedlypossiblymaybe.co.uk and use discount code TEPIS at checkout to save 10% on your order.
Okay, so now we're going to look at the Tepes Paranormal Talking Point Podcast News Review. To start off with, we have an article titled Real Housewives star claims she saw a ghost clinging to shopper's leg in supermarket queue. And in this article, a Real Housewives of Cheshire star, Debbie Davies, has admitted that she sees spirits in supermarkets and once saw the ghost of a little boy standing in the queue for the checkout. Debbie, 54, is a psychic medium and says spooks don't just keep to places most people would think would be haunted. She's convinced supermarkets are actually a hotbed of paranormal activity and in one specific story talks about how she once saw the ghost ghostly apparition of a little boy clinging onto a woman's leg as she picked up her groceries. She added that at the supermarket sighting, she's been stood there waiting to get served at the checkout and she saw a woman standing there and with a little girl in her arms who was around six months old. But she could see a little boy with his arms wrapped around her right leg and he looked about three. He was definitely a ghost. He was looking right into my eyes and I was looking right into his and smiling at him. I really wanted to tap her on the shoulder and say, can I just say you lost a little boy and he stood with you. Debbie went on to explain how Halloween is the most haunted time of year because the veil between the world of the living and the dead gets thinner and allows for more ghostly sightings. She says the extra activity begins around three weeks before the big day and continues for another three weeks afterwards. She warns that most people won't actually see ghosts but they'll hear strange knocks or taps around the house and may experience terrifying dreams. Moving on next we're going to talk about mystery as ghostly black-eyed children seen in Stratfordshire beauty spot 30 years after figure was first spotted. Villagers have been left spooked after spotting a creepy black-eyed child roaming a beauty spot 30 years after a similar figure was first spotted. Ghost hunter Lee Brickley, who I've spoken about before, was called to Canuck Chase in Staffordshire after reports the alleged ghostly girl had returned. Lee, who's an author, started his investigations in 2014 after a couple reportedly encountered a girl whose eyes had no colour. The man said, Once we'd entered the woodland and the road was no longer visible, we started to hear the giggling noise of a little girl. To our amazement, a child, no taller than one metre in height, appeared as if out of nowhere further up the pass in front of us. We stopped dead in our tracks after noticing her eyes had no colour. Her head was tilted to the side, much the same way it would appear as if she'd been hung. She stared at us for around five minutes before running away into a densely grouped area of trees. My wife wanted to follow her, and I had none of it. Lee was also contacted by another witness after she wildly claimed to have encountered a ghost. She said, Around two months ago, my daughter and I were walking through Birch's Valley and we heard the screams of a young child. She continued, I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but they definitely seemed in distress and sounded very close, so we instantly started running. We couldn't find the child anywhere, and so we stopped to catch our breath. And when we turned around, I saw a girl stood behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes like she was waiting for a birthday cake. I asked if she was okay and if she'd been the one screaming, then she put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes, which is when I saw that they were completely black, no iris or anything. So black-eyed ghost children are something that I am greatly interested in and Canic Chase particularly is also quite exciting. Somewhere that I'd like to visit in the future and I will do a future episode on black-eyed ghost children as I have several books on the matter and have done quite a bit of research. Moving on again, we're looking at the Queen and Princess Margaret both saw ghost of previous monarch at Windsor Castle. In this article, it talks about how Windsor Castle is one of the country's most popular tourist destinations. The Queen and her sister, Princess Margaret, were reportedly both together when they supposedly saw the ghost of Queen Elizabeth I. It's said that Good Queen Bess, as she was known, likes to parade around the library. Her footsteps are often heard before she appears, and the ghost of George II has also been spotted in another room below the library, where he was confined during his various periods of madness. Finally, we're going to talk about Richard Maidley, who insists he definitely saw a ghost at his home 
home as he recalled the creepy encounter. The Good Morning Britain presenter sat down to interview TV presenters Dick McCourt and Dominic Wood ahead of their E4 series Celebrity Ghost Trip, which sees the dynamic duo visit some of the country's most excited locations with UK celebrities. 65-year-old Maidley talked about his own experience, telling Dick and Dom that everyone's got a ghost story. I was just going around the floor here today and everyone's got a little ghost story. Tell you my recent one. I was sitting in the garden in the summer. I'm having a little doze after doing the morning show. Everything's fine. Looking at the paper, and I just have this instinct to look up at the window that overlooks our garden from the house, and in the window on the top floor of the house was a little white face looking down at me, not moving but just staring at me. He recalled, I thought, oh my god, we've got an intruder. Someone's broken into the house. So I went in, checked that Judy was on the ground floor, went upstairs, nobody there. I definitely saw a face looking at me he revealed, referring to wife Judy Finnegan. Describing the appearance of the ghost, Richard said, it was very pale and unmoving and it made me feel a bit strange. So an interesting story there from Richard. Obviously a fairly common sighting of just a face that he sees through a house, but something that definitely is quite interesting. The show with Dick and Dom is something that I will probably watch and have not previously heard of before this, so yeah, I'll definitely look into that and see what it's like. I may even review it on the podcast. But for now, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Tepes Paranormal talking point podcast thank you for listening and i'll see you in the next episode